Future Hacker. Life. Path. Future. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Future Hacker. I'm your host, Maria Taigi, and today we're talking to Grant Farhall. Grant is the Chief Product Officer, responsible for Getty Images' overall product strategy and vision. In his role, Grant oversees the company's e-commerce platform and websites, user experiences, customer research, and SEO strategy with the aim of making it easier for Getty Images customers to discover, license, and share content to connect with their audiences. Prior to joining Getty Images, Grant worked in broadcast journalism as a studio manager for several advertising and web development agencies. Hi, Grant. It's amazing to have you with us today. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Maria. It's great to be here. So today is a very interesting topic. It's about, you know, visual communication, image searches and all the developments and evolution of the sector. To start, could you please give us an overview of the evolution of user behavior and even human interests over time by analyzing the way that they search for images? Sure. Um, you know, I, I think if we step back and think about what's changed in our industry over, say, the last 10 or even 20 years, uh, the long-term trend has been there's been a tremendous explosion in the demand for visuals. More people using visuals in their communications, uh, the rise of digital cameras and iPhones, so more visuals out there available. Uh, and of course, you have the rise of digital marketing. So people need more content than ever before. So you've had this huge increase in demand over the last 10 to 20 years. But really, how we're communicating with each other has really shifted. Um, you know, if you think about what we deal with on a daily basis, Uh, we used to sit and watch 30-minute television programs and sit through two and a half minutes of advertising where you, unless you got up and got a snack or did whatever, you were forced to kind of consume that, 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 those advertisements in real time. And now what are we all doing? We're sitting there, we're scrolling on our phones, and we're watching programs on television our, in our devices that we've pre-recorded and we're skipping through commercials. And that means that it's that much more of a challenge to cut through and grab and hold, someone, hold someone's attention. And, and a big part of that is the right visual. If you think about when you're sitting on your couch at night and scrolling through your social media feeds, you're, you're doing it very rapidly and then something causes you to stop. Something causes you to pause for that moment that grabs you for that half a second where you're interested in learning more or seeing more. And I would say often, That's the visual. It's the same thing if you're watching a TV program on your on your PVR on your television and you're skipping through the commercials because no one likes to watch commercials. But every once in a while you're skipping through and there's something that's just for a moment you see and you're like, well, that was interesting. And you go back and you actually give it a chance and, and actually want to see what they were trying to communicate to you. And that's very different, right? That's very different than where we were 10, 15, 20 years ago. But I, I would say that it's it's just raised the importance of the visual content because, again, it's that photo, that image, that video that is cutting through in those moments. So marketers and communicators are trying to find that visual that is going to stand out in that half a second where they can hopefully reach their audience. So that's changed how people are searching for content because I think that lens now has to be applied. You're not just considering 
what is the ability of my 30 second commercial to hold and grab someone's attention? Now you're really considering what can I do in the half a second opportunity that I really have? And even if I grab someone for half a second, I may be able to hold them for five to 10 seconds only. So how do I communicate my message in a way that cut, cuts through and holds the attention for such a short amount of time and still communicates my message in a complete way? And I think that really is the biggest thing that's changed how people are looking for and selecting the right visual for their message. Listen, and there's so much to talk about when we go deeper into that. So we do have the way, as you mentioned, the way people search for things. And, and, and maybe in the beginning, they were just doing that by themselves. And now you still have all the help of technology and algorithms, yeah. right? To see uh, what, what, you know, you know what they might be searching for even before they do that themselves, right? Well, this is the interesting thing. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think what's very interesting about, about what hasn't changed and then what has mm. changed. So yeah. when, when our customers and our visitors and our users um, show up on our, our websites or, or start their, their search for the right visual, they have a picture in their head. Right, so they they're they're seeing they're seeing most often now. Sometimes customers are showing up and they're looking for inspiration. They're not even sure what they're looking for, but often they have a they have a pretty good idea. They've got that picture in their head, and they have to now try to tell us what that picture is. Primarily by describing it in keywords, but there's other ways they can do that too. Um, you can upload an image that you may have found somewhere else, and we can we can use uh, that sort of image-based search as well. Uh, but Uh, my point is, is that they have an idea of what they're looking for. They have to somehow translate that into a series of keywords to give us. We then look at those keywords and we then say, okay, well, based on these keywords, we think you're looking for pictures like this or videos like this. So it starts and ends with the visual, but in between there's all this magic that has to happen through technology. And, and what we're trying to do is get as close to that image that you had in your head as quickly as possible. And, and that to me is, that's the application of technology. The application of technology is being able to use tools and algorithms and filters and other emerging technology to, to do that more accurately and faster. And, and, you know, and when done well, it's pretty magical. Now, what we can also do is we can present you with a variety of choices. So if you come to the website and you're looking for a picture of an apple, we have a pretty good idea of what an apple is. You say, I'm looking for apples. Okay, well, we can show you a lot of apple-y apples. We have a lot of apples. They all look like apples. But we'll probably show you a red apple and a green apple, and we'll probably show you an apple that has uh, three on a, like a bunch together, maybe apples in a basket. But we'll show you a bunch of apples. Now, you can also tell us more about the apple you're looking for. You could have said a green apple. So, oh, she wants a green apple. Now we can show you a bunch of green apples of different size, shapes, and, and, and arrangements. But we're going to show you a lot of apples that are very apple-y. But if you're coming to our website and you're looking for, say, you know, what we refer to as a more conceptual search term. So like an apple is a very literal term. It's a thing. It's a thing that exists in the world and it has definition to it. Well, if you come to the website and you look for images of teamwork, Well, teamwork's not a thing. Teamwork is a concept. 
And teamwork can be represented by all sorts of things. You can have a bunch of people around a table working on something. You can have a bunch of people at a construction website trying to put up a wall. You can have an illustration that has a, 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 a drawing of people linking hands. Like there's all sorts of ways that you can represent that concept of teamwork. So we'll show you a bunch of different ways. And then you can narrow in and, and select the ones that, that you think are most relevant to what you're trying to communicate. Um, so it's very different depending on the type of thing you're looking for. But, but I think that's again where the technology is really being applied is how do we get you fastest and most easily to that image that you had in your head? Or maybe we can show you something different. Maybe you had an image in your head, but we show you a different way of representing that concept. Well, that's even better. Now that's also magical too, in terms of like being able to delight you by showing you maybe a better way of talking about that concept that you're trying to communicate. So still talking about how it changes over time, there's also this this change in, in values and what it's what it was acceptable before and maybe even the rule in the past, today is not really that much accepted. Like, I don't know, maybe a, a, a beer ad using you know, hot girls in bikini. Nowadays, people are like, oh, come on, you have to be more creative in that. So how do you keep up with those changes in values that they're not so sudden? Like it's something that is over time. And when, you know, generations change, sometimes something people will going to be more accepted or not. And also when talking about diversity, right? There's this big pressure of people saying, you know, you, you need, you, you have to be diverse. People has have to be able to, recognizes themselves depending on the message that you wanted to pass. So how, how do you deal with that? Well, I mean, I, I think it, that's part of it that I find endlessly fascinating is I think you're right. I think you have things that are changing in a very long term and more of an evolutionary type of way. Um, you know, if you were to go back um, 20 years and, and look at how um, women in the workplace have been represented in visual content, over the years, over the course of 20 years, and we've done this, you know, you would see that that it's become a much more diverse, um, authentic, and I would say healthy representation over time. But that took years, right? And and if you looked at any one year and compared it, you know, month to month, the difference would be less apparent. Uh, but over the long term, it becomes more apparent. And so that, you know, that's, that's typically how it happens. However, you do have these moments in time where things change more rapidly. And, and we all went through that, you know, in the last three years when, when the pandemic hit the world in a very sudden and real way, um, the way that we represent and visualize and, and the, you know, the, the, the way that things looked changed overnight. Um, the way that, that work looked changed. We, we all went we all went virtual. We all went remote. Suddenly a meeting wasn't a bunch of people around a boardroom table. A meeting was a bunch of people sitting on Zoom. Um, suddenly shopping looked different because everyone was wearing masks. Uh, all of a sudden there was way more in-home schooling happen happening. Uh, the way that dating looked and socialization, entertainment, sports, all these things changed rapidly. And I would say they're still changing. I, you know, I don't know that we're on the other side where we can say what the new normal quote is. And therefore, the visuals of what these things look like are also changing. But in that moment, it changed rapidly in a matter of weeks. All that stuff and the way that it looked and how we needed to represent it changed. I, I remember I was fascinated because, you know, about three months 
you know, after the pandemic really, really hit on a global level, I was watching TV one night and this ad, and I think it was for a bank, can't remember for sure, but this ad came on my screen and in the ad, the, the, the bank representative was meeting in person with this, with this couple and they were doing it in person around a desk and very close contact. And, um, and they put a note on the bottom of the ad that said, uh, note, this advertisement was filmed before the pandemic. So they knew that they were visualizing this situation in a way that was no longer timely and accurate to the point that they had to like put that, that note there to explain it because otherwise everyone would sit there and think, well, I'm not meeting my banker in person, you know? Um, so I thought, you know, that's a good example of how rapidly that all changed. So from our point of view, you know, this is why we spend so much of our time and invest so much in sourcing timely, contemporary, um, high quality content from the contributors we work with. And we have that close relationship, particularly with our exclusive contributors, so that we're able to provide direction to them through briefs so that they're able to quickly action and, and capture the right representations of those visuals. So typically, again, that's changing over time. So we're looking at data, we're looking at research, we're understanding what visuals our customers are selecting and why, and we're able to provide our photographers and, and creators and videographers and illustrators with direction so that they're also adapting to the trends. But in a moment like the pandemic, which is more unusual, that's where we really have to jump on it and very quickly say, we need images of people shopping wearing masks. We need images of people having meetings on Zoom because it- How, how like quick were you able to get that exactly? I'm curious, you know, so you activated your network. How did they respond? How did it go? I mean, it, we, we were able to start to bring a lot of that material into the library within a matter of days and weeks. Um, we have an extremely engaged, talented, skilled uh, contributor base that when you point them at something and say, go, they're able to source that very quickly. Now, there are challenges on there, too. I mean, you know, arranging, um, you know, shoots in the way that one did outside of pandemic was more difficult. Um, but, you know, I think that's where the, the creativity and, again, the skill of our photographers and our videographers really shone through because they got pretty creative on how to do that. And some of it was just, you know, being able to understand the moments around you and and a lot of i think being a photographer and i and i don't claim to be one i i i do it as a hobby but but often when i think what makes photographers really talented is they're able to just see the moments around them and whether they capture that moment in real time or then try to recreate that moment later it's paying attention to the world and seeing what's around so i remember again in the pandemic and it's you know, I'm sorry for talking so much about that, but I think it's a really fascinating example of how things change. You know, a few weeks into it when when everyone was and I'm, I'm living in Canada, so, you know, everyone's experience was different in Canada. We went through a period where we were pretty locked down, not not the extent to that other places in the world were, but everyone was largely staying home. And um, I um, I just needed to get out of the house. So I went for a drive one day and of course, the streets are empty and and the stores are all closed at this time. And I came into this parking lot and in this empty parking lot, there were these two pickup trucks that were backed up back to back. And there were two gentlemen sitting in the back of their pickups truck, pickup trucks, each in their own truck, facing each other, drinking coffee and talking. And I thought, wow, that that's what 
friendship looks like in, in in what the world is today. And I came back home and I thought, I wonder if we have images like that on on Getty and on iStock and and so I did some searches and and sure enough, there were there were there were images that looked like that because you know our photographers had probably seen the same thing and they knew that that was one way that people in that situation were still connecting with people they cared about. And and to me again that that is that that speaks to the talent of our photographers and our videographers which is their ability to see what's going on around the world and understand how the visuals need to represent that reality. And that's what a great image is is a great image is often visualizing and representing the the most authentic reality that's happening around us. So what about those you know trending topics regarding new technologies that we don't even know what they are yet, but people for sure are searching for it. So when we talk about the metaverse, NFTs, blockchain, people for sure are searching for it, but but nobody really knows how to put that into images and it's something new as well. Uh, how do you guys work with that? Well, again, like we, you know, we're, we're lucky because we've got the, we've, we see what our customers are looking at. Well, we see what they're searching for. We see what visuals we, that they're looking at. We see what they're downloading and we use all that information to identify gaps in our supply. And, and, and you're right, Maria, that often those gaps are when something is new in the world. It didn't exist before or it didn't exist in the way that we're now, that it now exists and NFTs. Yeah. I mean, five years ago, if you had asked about NFT, like, what? I don't know what the heck an NFT is. Uh, the metaverse. And yeah, so you're right. Like when those things come up, we're able to understand and identify that, oh, there's something here that our customers are looking for. And now we're able to, again, similarly activate our contributors and, and make sure that we're bringing in visual content to support that. And I think in those early stages, you know, you're the way that things are being represented can change rapidly. Uh, how do our customers want to talk about NFTs? If, if they're communicating about NFTs, what's the way they want to visualize that? And again, COVID's a great example too. When, when COVID came along, what's the way that, that the media and other users of visual content want to represent that? So you saw a lot of the 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 illustration or, or graphical creations of the virus itself the the spiky the spiky ball thing i mean that none of us had ever seen that before but now we all know what it is we all see that and we know that that represents that re represents covid and even different versions of it represent different strains of of the virus and and those are all things that didn't exist before but you know it it, it sort of like crystallizes itself over time but that was just one way of representing covid you also had you know people getting shots you had people unfortunately in in hospitals um you had images of, of doctors you had i mean there's all sorts of ways that covid was being represented right so it, it it starts off with you know understanding that there is a need to visualize that concept and then the the talent and the creativity of these amazing people we get to work with gets unleashed upon that And, and over time, it narrows into the various ways that, that resonate with our customers and therefore resonates with their audiences. So there's a, there's a bit of trial and error in there that happens, but it happens in a very organic way. The, the images become available. Our customers see the images on our websites. They pick the ones they want to look at. They pick the ones they want to download. And that's the neat thing about our business is that, you know, it's really our customers feeding it, feeding that cycle, feeding that engine and reinforcing it. Um, and, and that 
then is what allows for more of that material to be created. But there's always this constant, like, there's the way that is sort of the expected and, and, and established way of representing a concept, but then we're always striving to, well, what's a fresh perspective? What's a unique way? What's a different way? And that goes back to where we started, right? It, because people want to cut through. Our customers want to cut through the visual noise. How do you cut through? You have to be different then. You have to stand out. You have to you have to be showing your audience something different than everything else that they're seeing. Because we're all being hit with. I mean, the 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 visual landscape we're being hit with. I don't even know. If you if you sat down and thought about how many images do you think your eyeballs see on a daily basis? I have no idea. Hundreds, thousands? Now, you may only see them for a quarter of a second, but they still hit your brain. So this challenge of cutting through is really what everyone's trying to do. So, yes, I could use the the, the standard visualization of whatever concept I'm, I'm trying to, to visualize. But if I can find something unique that has a better chance of breaking through that visual noise, that's what everyone's trying to find. So going back to your community, your your content producers, right? I, I could imagine that in the very beginning, like decades ago, they were like professional photographers. And then, as you mentioned, everybody got a phone, everybody can take pictures, and, and people have access to tools that are more accessible. So uh, the idea of those creators got like almost to anybody can be it. I would imagine that it could ex it, 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 you expanded somehow your community, not only to those professional photographers, but talented people overall without professionally doing that. So my question to you is, do you envision somehow also AI getting into your community as content generators and, and, you know, and just playing with it, like robots, like machine, uh, what's your thoughts about all this buzz around AI generating uh, images, creative images from scratch? Do you see it as just a tool? Do you see more as a competitor? What's your thought about that? I mean, I, I think certainly broadly speaking, I, I see it as a tool and I see it in the long term as a tool that can potentially be helpful to customers. In, in the current state, we have banned AI generated content from our websites because we don't view that it is currently safe for customers to use. So if you think about what do we offer our customers, we're really allowing them to create more efficiently. And creating more efficiently means we're trying to save them time, we're trying to save them money, but a big component is that we manage and eliminate their risk. So as an example, I was listening to a customer interview of ours the other day, and one of the questions that was posed to this customer is, well, why do you use Getty Images? And she said quite succinctly, I use visuals and content from Getty Images because if I know if I get it from Getty, no one's coming after me. So she has the peace of mind that if she is sourcing copyright and legal indemnification, and basically if she uses that image for her commercial purposes, that she has the full rights to do so, and that she doesn't have to worry about someone coming after her, someone suing her, someone saying that you can't use that. And that peace of mind, that safety is really important. So now when we look at what is happening right now in the AI space, I would say that there are open questions that need to be settled about how these tools were trained, on what material, and what the outputs of these tools produce. 
including instances, and you can find them, where it produces copyrighted intellectual property visualizations. <clears throat> so we're not going to introduce something to our website that creates risk for our customers until those questions get settled. So that's our current stance. Now, that's not to say that we are not um, against AI. I would say that we are against the current reckless approach that's being applied in the current development of some of these tools. And why? Again, because we are not going to put our customers at risk. They know right now when they get content from us, they can sleep easy knowing that they are safe to use it. We're not going to undermine that. I think as those questions get settled, now you start to consider how can you offer some of these capabilities to content producers and to customers in a way that helps them achieve what you and I started about at the beginning, which is how do you get people to the right image and the right visual as quickly as possible? But again, right now, there's just some things that need to be settled. Yeah, I completely agree with you. There's too many open questions here, ownership, plagiarism, ethics, and you know, also bias, right? And 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 this is something that I also would love to get your thought. Is that uh, when I was reading about you know Delhi and all, all those tools that are creating, uh, they were reinforcing so many stereotypes uh, because you know if you're using machine learning, it's going to use the best and not whatever new projections you want to the world. Um, so if you search for CEOs, you're just going to get white man and and so this is something that if you want to change the way people are seeing that you need something specially produced and specially curated so you can project the future you want and not only use the past for it and this is something that you can get by having a community thinking about that as well uh so so do you, do you believe that uh there's a big discussion that we have of how uh, Bias is something that will exist and that's it, that's human nature, but how to, to try to educate and, and, and decrease bias in when you search for sports, you see more image of girls. So can you actually see this evolution or this attempt of evolution talking about your image bank, right? So because people need to want those images for you to have it there. It's not just about having it there, but you have you have, you have have to make it available, but it's supply and demand. Do you see this effort of, of trying to, to be more inclusive when it comes to those image representations? I mean, I certainly do. And I, I think it's about being more inclusive. I think it's being about more diverse. I think it's about being more authentic. And it's a big, beautiful world full of big, beautiful people that look very different. And, and we should be able to show visuals of, of all those different people doing all the different things. Ultimately, imagery is about capturing real people doing real things. Now, that isn't to say that, that you're not still making a photo. You are, but you're still trying to represent the authentic way that the world works. You know, when, when I'm in the grocery store with my daughter, and she's looking at magazine covers on the rack, I want her to see a variety of, of, of how women are being represented in healthy and diverse ways. And I think that the world has been moving in that direction for the last number of years. But now you've got this other thing happening with AI. And and you're right. And I would encourage, look, like don't, don't listen to me. For, for your listeners and for people who are really interested in this, take time and, and look at content, look at photos. Go to Getty Images, go to iStock, go to whatever source you use today 
and, and do searches of the topics you're interested in, and then do the same thing on some of these AI platforms and compare and contrast, make your own judgment. But I, the CEO example is, is a great one. You know, if you use some of these AI tools, you will see that it generally outputs white men wearing suits. Well, that's a very, very narrow definition of what a CEO in this world looks like. If you go to our websites, iStock, Getty, Unsplash, and do searches for CEOs, you'll see that there's all sorts of ways and all sorts of people that represent the concept of a CEO. If you do an image search for, for doctor, do you typically see men? If you do a search for nurse, do you typically see women? Why? That's not what the world looks like. And the way that this technology works is, yeah, it, there's definitely risk here to, to uh, propagate those biases. Is that solvable? Absolutely it is solvable. But it's solvable if the AI is being developed in responsible and thoughtful ways. And in a way that sustains the creation of the actual content that it needs to learn. And that's another part of this that is that is important, which is a lot of these tools, a lot of these AI generative services were, were trained from scraping the web and using images from artists and creators without compensating them and without their permission. In my view, technology works best when it is paired with the human being. It isn't that the human being is only necessary or the technology is only necessary. Technology has the most magic when it is able to work hand in hand with human beings to scale impact and, and, and actually offer something that is helpful to the users. And, and so again, we're not, we're not, look, we're not, we're not Luddites. We're, we're Getty Images has always been at the forefront of, of technology. We, we were amongst the first companies that, that really digitized visual content. We were we basically with iStock created the, 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 the micro stock and the mid stock sector of the business. Uh, we, we leaned into sourcing content from iPhones and digital cameras. So no doubt that AI is part of our future. But, but again, we, we think that there are some important questions that need to be settled and some important problems that need to be solved. And then we can figure out how to offer it to our customers in a way that actually helps them solve their problems. But the bias thing you raise, I think it's a really, really good point. And again, you don't have to listen to what I'm saying or Maria saying. You know, if, if this isn't- Test if this it yourself, isn't, of course. Test it yourself. You know, go yeah. on there and, and look at, that's the best way to, to, to get a sense of things is spend time on these platforms and spend time on other platforms and compare and contrast. And, and, I think and again, it's supposed to be another two, but a human-centered future, that's what we're up to here. And that, that, that's what we're always talking about here at yeah. Future Hacker. It has to be human-centered or, the, or else it, it won't just make sense. And it, and it won't be fair and sustainable and inclusive, right? Uh, exactly. So, you know, I have a final question for you. Um, you know, when when we talked about artificial intelligence uh, we talked a little about machine learning and 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 when we discuss here all the potential we still have for the future when we, we involve even quantum computing so my question to you is what's what are the trends for visuals uh for the coming you know decades you know besides all this part that we have no idea about but how do you see technology evolving and also human behavior any expectations that you guys have anything that you're releasing to the market maybe that you could be talking about uh well 
if we were, I probably wouldn't be able to talk about it here. Um, I, I would say there's there's always things that we're working on that are exciting. Um, we have a great partnership with Bria, uh, which is an AI uh, a company, um, uh, but they share a lot of our core values and are they're really focused on ethical and responsible development of artificial intelligence. Uh, we are uh, using their technology and that partnership to start to offer our customers the ability to uh, deeply modify visuals. So it's you know being able to take an existing image and change the things that are in that image. So that's something we're working on right now, and, and our customers will start to see some of those things released. Um, you know, in, in terms of the broad trends, I mean, I mean, I think a lot of what we're seeing right now is just going to continue. And again, it goes back to that need to cut through and and finding the creative ways to do that. I think the trend towards authentic uh, representations and diverse representations is going to continue. You know, if, if you look back at stock photography, again, 10, 15, 20 years ago, the, the initial sort of um, version of stock photography was was really the opposite. It was all very highly produced. Every pixel, every detail was staged. Uh, it was always cast with professional models in 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 professional settings and i think where we're heading now is 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 again more that customers are looking for something that feels natural and real and that's everything within right it's does the place seem real does the person seem real is is the reaction on their face real um or does it seem staged and, and again, I, I really am fascinated by the fact that authenticity is something that is still created and, and skilled photographers and videographers are able to, you know, shoot in such a way. You know, you see with some of our most skilled photographers, for instance, that they've really stripped down their lighting kit. So they're no longer showing up to shoots with these massive kits of, of lighting that they, they set up and, and stage. They're really leaning into using natural lighting and, and using whatever that whatever is happening in that moment in that place in that time as a way of capturing authenticity and and to me that's fascinating because for me and and this is again my own personal opinion i've always really um resonated and what's resonated with me with photography is is when it is capturing a real moment um that i can look back at when i look at the photo it reminds me of that real moment that i experienced and I think that's what we're all seeking. And, and when we when we have a visual that strikes to our core, it's because it evokes some sort of emotional response to us. It 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 provokes a feeling. And sometimes it's a feeling of nostalgia or a memory we had, or an association with something in that in that image that that just connects with us. And and I think that's what everyone's looking for. So I think that that trend towards authenticity and how creators and content producers create that. I think that's where we're heading. And then I think your point from earlier, and how do we do that in a in a diverse way? You know, how do we again like I, I just think it's such a it's such a fascinating big world out there, and everyone is fascinating in and of themselves. So why should we restrict ourselves to narrow depictions of people, places, and things? We should be expanding that out always. And I and I think there's still work to do there. Um, that 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 we can still improve and that the world can still improve but but that to me is that that's the that's the trend that's just going to continue and and evolve but I, I love the fact that that's where the world is going and that's what our customers are asking from us that's what they want 
And I think you see it in, in the work being produced. You know, I, I think sometimes, like, again, if people are as passionate for photography as I am, then, then great. I don't expect everyone to do this, but sometimes I like to not skip through the commercials. I like to slow down and watch them because I like to see what is being used in those advertisements, what's being used in terms of visual content. It tells me something that's important to my job and for what we do at Getty Images, but I also think it's just interesting to see how that's evolved over time. And I like to think about when I see that work, I like to think what choices were they making and why? And and to me, it's moving all in a very healthy and positive direction that, that, that it's one of the reasons I'm passionate for the work that we do at Getty Images. Because if we can be help with that, if we can provide our customers with those visuals so they can do that and they can cut through and they can land their message, but using visuals that are more diverse and healthy representations, I'm all in on that. That's awesome. That's why I show up to work every day. I absolutely love your passion about it, Grant. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Anytime. This was fun, Maria. Thank you very much. Future Hacker. Life. Path. Future.